second episode of the Growing Deeper podcast. It's Brother Jerry and Brother Dwayne here. Good morning. We're here with you again. We were supposed to be with you last week, but we had some pretty interesting weather come in, didn't we? Yes, it was crazy. Uh, all that ice and uh, everybody stuck at home for those days. It just felt like everything's been out of whack ever since. I did get some snowboarding in, though. Or ice boarding, maybe. <laughs> Yankee. Such a Yankee. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. But with that, we, I'm, we're not in the office on Monday and Tuesday, and so we didn't record. And, and so we want to kind of recap a little bit from that previous sermon, that second sermon of the year. And we were talking about humility and this voice crying out in the wilderness. And we used John the Baptist to, to talk about that. And we walked through this point that John's voice wasn't necessarily, um, this cry wasn't silent and it wasn't a whimper, but it was this strong, passionate cry. And so mm-hmm. you think about times in your life, Dwayne, where, where you knew that um, you had to stand up or perhaps knew that you had to um, be passionate yet knowing that um, it may not be the most popular opinion? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's it, many times you, you know that you're called to do what's right, but you know that it's not always going to be popular, popular and you're going to receive some pushback for that. And so there's just that part of our personalities that says, I don't want to have to go through that, but right. this is right. What is right, right is right. right. And so it's hard at times. And, you know, this whole concept of humility and being humble. I mean, think if you were John the Baptist, what that must have been like, knowing that you're out here proclaiming Jesus is coming. And then when he finally comes now, you know, you've got to push yourself down to a place to where Jesus is now. You you decrease as he increases. Right. And and for, just from a human standpoint, from a, a pride standpoint, that says a lot about his character and who he was right. to be able to do that. Because I think after a while, it, it's easy to, it, it, when people give you accolades and you're and you're um, supported in a way that, you know, people push you to a pedestal, uh, sometimes you, you can believe all that stuff. And so I, I think it says a lot about John that he was willing to step back and allow Jesus yeah. to, to now take the stage. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting thought, too, because John was kind of a weirdo. Like, um, he wore camel's clothing, like camel hairy, skin, right? hairy, hairy stuff, and ate locust and honey, and, and was kind of a um, in the wilderness. And so this picture of, of kind of a weirdo, but he did have a following. He had disciples that he were that he was walking through and, and baptizing, and, and he was using water to baptize them, talking about repentance, and there's this whole preparation. And so even his ministry before Jesus is this, humble preparation for the one to come and then when he does come you're exactly right he steps down he this, he he literally takes the spotlight from this preparation ministry and turns it straight to Christ yep. and uh, I love that um and that that just what he says I must decrease and he must increase that's right and I had someone text me after the sermon and said you know it's those simple statements that stick with me he says I've heard the stories and I've heard um the, the reasons of the stories and different things, but it's those simple things, less of me and more of Jesus. And I'm going to try to live that this week. And I thought that was a really sweet encouragement. Yeah, it's beautiful, you know, and, and I think we all in our own world, you know, or our own um, place that we have influence, we all struggle with that. That's that's a human trait, you know, and there was pride in the Garden of Eden. And right. so in order to, to humble yourself, it requires you to, at times, to swallow pride and be willing to know that Hey, I don't have to be first. I want Jesus to be first. Right. And I want Jesus to come work in my life in a way that everything I do, people can see him through me. And if I think if people can't see that, that somehow, you know, we're not really meeting the expectation that we're uh, called to do, which is, tr- quite frankly, to share the gospel through everything we say and everything we do. Right. So let me ask you this. 
let's get super practical here. What does that humility look like for us in our world? We, we have our individualistic lives. We have our, our jobs, our retirement. We're, we're in our own little bubble. We, we come on Sundays to church and, and we have people around us um, that, that we kind of run into in the grocery store and different things, but it's usually just pretty, just kind of shallow to be honest. We just, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of depth. And so, so there's kind of two folds to this. How, how do you have that community to where they see your humility and then how do you really apply that humility? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the posture that we take. I think that if we start our day in prayer and we remind ourselves through prayer as we're asking Jesus to come into our hearts today and to really flow through us, the Holy Spirit to flow through us, and if we take that posture every day and as we go out, instead of having a shallow conversation, maybe we really sit and listen, hey, what's going on in your world? And is there anything I can pray for you about today? You know, so that we really show people that Number one, I care because I'm listening about you and I'm making the conversation about you instead of me, right? Right. So we take that posture of, I really want to know what's going on in your world, not let me tell you all about myself. And then actually truly meaning it and saying, what can I pray for for you today? Is there anything that I can do to pray for you? And, And meaning it. And, you know, many times we say things like, you know, I'm going to pray for you about that. And one of the things that I've tried to do now is rather than say, I'm going to pray for you, let's pray right now about that. That's good. And so, you know, we just make it a current deal right then. Yeah. I love the word you use posture with humility, because I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's placing yourself below someone else. Mm -hmm. And so as we humble ourselves before one another, we're, we're placing ourselves under them. It's, I think it's Romans chapter 12 that talks about loving without hypocrisy and placing one another above yourself. And, and there's such a beautiful picture of that, that, that when you ask them, how do we pray for you? Um, you're, you're literally saying, you know what? I, I'm not sharing my needs and burdens right now. I want to know yours to, to be able to carry yours with you. And and not that we shouldn't ever share ours. There's times that, that we do share. But but just taking that posture to say, I, I care about you today. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome, man. I love that answer. And uh, to think through also um, just the picture of... of practicality and, and being intentional in those places, whether you're in the, the grocery store and you have that special moment, just not being in a rush. Mm-hmm. We, we live life so fast. We do. It's we just really slow do. down. And humility comes with that slowed down life, I think. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just, we're programmed to be in a hurry all the time. And if you ask anybody, I, I mean, I think in casual conversation, how are you doing? Oh, just busy, 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 busy. You yeah, know, I'm guilty of saying that all the time. I am too. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't even think about it. It just comes out of my mouth. Kind of like, you know, yeah. I'm doing fine. We, yeah. Even if I'm not doing fine, I'll, t- I'll say I'm doing fine, you yeah. know. But I think that it's all in, you know, we're creatures of habit. And I think if we are trying to, to become this year to really change the way that we are and really be disciples um, all the time, I think we have to start our day before we get in that mode of I'm moving on to really pray and say, right. God, you know, work through me today. And, and God, where are you at work? Where Show me where you're at work around me so I can join you. Right. And when those opportunities come, don't, don't step through it. Really get involved right then. God wants you, when you see an opportunity, you need to join him then. Right. And don't think, well, you know, they're probably having a bad day. I'll, I'll come back some other time and talk to them. Sure. And then you forget about it. Or I don't want to offend them by asking if there's something going on I can yeah. pray about. You know, yeah. and, you know, you have to be intentional about it. And I, and I think another part of that is, is that's the everyday. That's the, the casual bump-ins and, and 
making the most of those. But I think there's a huge part of humility that comes when we invite someone into our homes. When mm-hmm. you take that next step, they get to see w- your life, how you live and what right. you do. And, and so inviting them into your home, I, I, I'd love for our church to have more of an inviting culture of, of people coming in. Hey, come over and let me fix you a meal and just eat. And, yep. and uh, that's one of the most humble things you can do because you're saying, I care about you. I want to spend time with you. I want to invest in you. You're important. Yeah, you're important, right? That's right. So that's um, the a couple weeks ago with humility and, and the voice that cried out of the wilderness, the humble voice preparing the way of the Lord. I want to move into what we talked about um, this uh, last Sunday and the fact that God is the author of our story. And, and we really use John the Baptist there introducing his two disciples that were standing with him, one being Andrew, we know, and, and uh, showing them again, this is Christ. And we kind of have that transition like we said, where he's trying to move the the light. The story actually takes that transition and we go away from John the Baptist and now we move to the story of Jesus. And uh, it's Nathaniel and Philip, but before that you have Simon and Andrew and you have Simon um, getting told by his brother Andrew, hey, we found the Messiah. And uh, this this picture of him bringing him persistently, bringing him to Jesus. And then Philip um, also goes and finds Nathaniel and brings him to Jesus. Even though he doubts, he says, come, you, you got to come and see. And so something I, I wanted to talk about is, is that, that, that idea of God writing friends into our story. And I know for, for me and you, we didn't grow up here in this town. We didn't grow. We didn't go to Cayuga. We didn't. Um, we were kind of implants. Like we're, we're, yes, we're, absolutely. We're, we're brought into this, <laughs> and, and I certainly felt that at first. Even though I was the pastor and 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 I had these relationships, I still really struggled with this idea of really finding solid friends. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I don't know if you have some of that same experience walking through that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, when Susan and I moved here at first, you know, that I remember laying down that first night to go to bed, and I just thought, what have we done? Like. <laughs> I don't know anything about this place. I'm and I'm so far in the middle of what seemed like the middle of nowhere. It's not, right. but it seemed like it at the time. You know, I just thought I just don't see how this is going to work. I don't see how it's going to work. Right. And then thank God, you know, all a part of His plan. We talk a lot about, you know, when we're in the moment. Sometimes we forget that God has a bigger plan here. And so it was. God was at work the whole time. And and look at what has happened since then. You know, and and I look at that and I think, Lord, you had a plan all along. Why right. did I ever doubt? You know, right. I should have been joyful back then about it. And then growing and, and learning and and joining this church family that we have here and all the friends that we have through church and the people that we uh, get to see every week and and fellowship with all the time. It's been beautiful. It's it's wonderful. Right. Yeah, and God has wrote those friends into our, our story. And I kind of shared a testimony on Sunday about um, the different men that God had brought in my life at different seasons and how impactful that was for me. And and I just want to encourage you to, to, to really think through, you that are listening, um, who are those friends in your life? Mm-hmm. Like, let them come to your mind right this moment. Who is it that steered you and directed you to Christ? And, and maybe even pause this podcast and, and just take and pray just for a second. Say, God, thank you for that friend. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for, for the way you used them in my life during that time. And then perhaps ask God, how can I be a friend to someone else? Who do you want to write me into their story? And and so think through that. Friends are so important. It's it's uh, uh, I'm so blessed about with our church because we're called Friendship. And I had someone that's been visiting the last couple of weeks. He said, this, this church is named correctly. It's the friendliest <laughs> church I've ever been to. And I'm always thankful for that testimony because I think that's what God uses. He uses friends and you talked about even the doubt that you had in that season too and and Nathaniel had that doubt too. Can anything good come from Nazareth he says. And so there's this picture of even in those seasons of doubt God oftentimes uses friends to bring us out of that. And so uh, and then 
at the end of it, what we recognize is what he, what Jesus tells Nathaniel. He says, before anyone ever called you, before any of this happened, I saw you under the fig tree. And so just like your story, God had it all wrote through and, and had it planned out. And, and now you look back and you say, God, you saw me back then. That's right. I w- I've always been seen through the story. And same with my story. I think through mm-hmm. the same same line of thought there. Yep. And I, I'm excited about what is that next season going to look like? Who knows what God's got in store? You know, right. all I can do is try to be faithful and remain joyful and have a heart of gratitude that God does have a plan. And that as he works and uses me for his good out there, that, that I will, uh, I want to make sure that I step up and do that. And I want to stay close to him through that. And we are all human. It's not always easy. And I know we struggle. There's people right. that have a hard time and there's probably people listening this morning that are struggling. And I would tell you that if that, if that is you, that really the best thing you can do is read your Bible and pray. Because I think as you, as you stay close to God, uh, he'll reveal himself to you. Right. And that'll help give you strength. Right. And find a friend to talk about it with. That's right. So That's right. Love it. Um, let me talk back with the, the picture of Andrew finding Simon and Simon going to Jesus. And in that moment, Jesus changes Simon's name. And we talked about how that was kind of a confusing thing at first. I mean, here here comes Simon the very first time meeting Jesus says, oh yeah, by the way, Simon, your name's no longer Simon, it's Cephas, it's rock. And uh, to me, I probably would have thought, is he calling me dumb as a box of rocks? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, why am I being called rock? What, what does that mean? And, and uh, we don't really see that explained or clarified until later on uh, when Jesus says, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it because Peter's the first one to make that profession the way he does, that that he is the son of God, the Christ, the Messiah. And um, in, in a way that, that Jesus is revealing himself during that time at Caesarea Philippi. So he gets a new name. And with that, we did something so cool. I was so encouraged by um, what we did on Sunday with the rocks. We all had those white stones. By the way, those come from behind the, the church. And and uh, it was uh, uh, Dwayne that wrote every one of them on there. And Don't so... tell him that. If you can't read your rock, I apologize. <laughs> my, my markers got worn down after a while, so I had to keep changing them out. Uh, you should have saw his face. I said, we're, we're going to have 250 rocks, and we're going to write names on them. I'll help you. And then I don't think I ever, I, I didn't write a single <laughs> one of them. <laughs> So, so he, uh, he, he took care of that. But, uh, you know, it was so encouraging Sunday night after we came back together and had a little bit of testimony time of, of how God spoke through that. I mean, person after person just told us how, um, how precise and how much God used that moment when they picked up their rock out of random and they looked at it and they saw the name, they knew what God was, was saying to them. Isn't that amazing? Just you know, that. I'll tell you personally, even though I wrote those rocks, I went and picked up a rock yesterday right. And it said renewed on there. And I, and I felt like that speaks to me. That is so what's going on in my life right now. You know, I had some health issues and some things going on. And, you know, we just starting this year and, and really trying to resolve myself to try to be a, a, just as faithful as I can be. And here comes this rock, you know, yeah. that says renewed. And it. it just, it touched me yesterday. I thought, man, that's amazing. God was working on that deal. Yeah, yeah. So, me too, man. I picked up Ambassador. And yeah. I, I, I was just like, I think that word is you, very Lord. descriptive of you, Jerry, for sure. <laughs> Um, I just love it. We had a lady who has just started coming back to church. She's a widow, and she lost her husband a while back. And and this first week during this Become series, that was her first Sunday back in I don't know how long, like years. And uh, she said, you know, I'm really going to try to overcome this. I'm going to try to to make sure I come each Sunday, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this. I think the Lord's gonna give me strength. You know what her rock was? 
What? Overcomer. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and she showed it to me and just smiled from ear to ear. Isn't that something? And uh, I can't. I mean, I was just sitting there greeting people as they're leaving, as I do each Sunday, and and each person would just take their rock and just show it to me. <laughs> and uh, it's just I, I saw God's voice. I saw him him speaking and and to each one of them and and the yeah. joy that brought. And so I love that. And that's how he does it. He he just I know it's simple and and. Uh, the funny story i get a text from from one of our men in the church a big kind of burly man and and uh his he said i don't know if god got this one right and he told me his rock's name and it was precious <laughs> so uh but you know even underneath all of the 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 stuff going on in our lives i think um it, it's sweet to know that god sees us as precious that's right we're precious in his sight right so yeah well, praise the Lord, man. Uh, I love uh, love how God worked through that. We kind of finished up talking about um, on Sunday this idea of, of looking forward, this these greater things to come. And that's what he tells Nathaniel. He says, if you believe me because I tell you that I saw you under the fig tree and you believe me, he says, you just wait. There's greater things to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, in fact, you're going to see heaven open up. There's going to be angels uh, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And we talked about this being the picture of, of Jacob's ladder when he has this dream and the angels coming up and down and that's all possible through Christ. Like he's our connection to that spiritual realm, to, mm-hmm. to, to our father in heaven. And so we have this picture of greater things to come. But what I think is so sweet is recognizing that we are already in the midst of greater things. And yes, mm-hmm. there's greater things still to come, but, but we participate in the greater things that are happening since the time of Christ because the Holy Spirit Absolutely. And I yeah. know that's powerful to you. You've preached on the Holy Spirit. and, and Yes. Just and talk to us a little bit about your journey with the Holy Spirit and just maybe perhaps your understanding of the Holy Spirit and how He, he works in you. And Sure. You know, I th- one of the things I preached on was what I called our fillability. And, you know, you talk about it goes back to posture and really making sure that you're clearing yourself of all of these worldly things and making space for God. You right. know, sometimes we're so worked up, worked, uh, you know, with things of our lives that are keeping us, quote, busy, you know, all the time. That many times we we don't focus on God and we and we kind of crowd Him out. And so when that Holy Spirit is in you, I, I've gotten to where I don't believe in coincidences anymore. Right. And I I really feel that when I see things that just blow my mind, I think that is God. That is a a God wink right there. That is Him working through uh, His believers to do wonderful things down here on this earth. And and so I, you know I'm I'm blown away by it. And I've seen the Holy Spirit at work, especially you know. When we've done experiencing God in this church, and we've done it twice, and we're doing it with the youth now, any time we're in the midst of that, it's amazing. Just like we had the stretch of all of those baptisms here last year, and all the things that were going on, uh, it, it's when you see God working like that, and now we're busting at the seams, and we're right. trying to figure out ways to accommodate all of the different groups that are coming in the church. I mean, it's hard not to look at that and say, "Lord, you know, you're at work here. Where are you taking us? Right. This is amazing," right. you know. Yeah. And so I'm always, I, I think I'm much more aware now when I see things happening of, of seeing God in that. And I think that, uh, it, it, again, it goes back to, are you allowing God to enter your heart? Are you being intentional about looking for opportunities to share him with others and to work for, it, for the kingdom? You know, what's going on around you? Being aware instead right. of just going through life as a spectator, you right. know? Yeah. And, and God, greater things are at work. You know, when you think back about, you know, John and at the time of, of the disciples, they didn't have the Bible, you right. know? And, 
and it must have been amazing having all of this, their Jewish traditions and the faith and seeing a Messiah, finally here he is, you know, after all of these years. And when we have, we, we can go back and look at it and it, it may not have the same impact because we've had the, we have the benefit of the Bible, right, in right. front of us. And we kind of know how the story ends. Right. And so um, they didn't back then. And so, um, you know, having said that, you know, even though we've been given the Bible, I think sometimes we've heard the story so many times they start to lose their impact. But, right. you know, when you think about what God has done and what he's yet to do, I'm blown away. Yeah, I, I mean, it's exciting. And so I think we have to keep that in mind. Don't don't get numb to what God right. is doing all and, the time. And that's the illustration he gives with the wine at the wedding. And this, in fact, this was the first time with studying this and, and preparing to preach this that I really caught the connection of the end of chapter one with greater things to come and mm-hmm. then the illustration with the wedding. I always thought that was just kind of a separate thing, his first miracle. Um, and and uh, which really, I think, maybe even seeing Nathaniel under the fig tree was the first miracle. But everybody refers to the wedding thing as the first right. miracle. But you have this picture of, of them connecting together. And I think I think it was wrote that way for a reason. And I, I told them, I almost told a joke. And I said, yeah, maybe I shouldn't tell this joke. But <laughs> I think I'm going to tell it to you all now. <laughs> so there was a man who who's driving and, and he's kind of all over the road. And the cop pulls him over and, and says, sir, what are you, what are you doing you're all over the road and he says i'm sorry officer and, and the officer says he starts smelling he says are, are you drunk and the man goes um no i have none but water officer and he said are you sure and he said no i'm sure sure it's water here and he gives him his cup and he says here you take take a swig and the officer took a swig and goes my goodness that ain't water and the, the guy in the car says oh man jesus did it again <laughs> <laughs> i know that's an awful joke but that's why i didn't share it <laughs> that is lame but, <laughs> but the reality is, in that story, Jesus does turn this water to wine, and there's a purpose for it. It's not so that they, everybody can get drunk at the wedding. It's, it's so that he can show them that there's a greater thing to come. It was the greater quality that came when, in fact, they were expecting it at first, mm-hmm. but it came later. And we have this promise in Isaiah 25 of this great banquet, and he says there's choice wine and choice meat there, and, and, and that's not the... the that's not what we, we're zooming in on. That That's just trying to share the, the beauty of this event, the, the preparation that Christ has went through to make mm-hmm. us invited to this place where the bride and groom are together. It's the marriage banquet. And the church is the bride and he's the groom. And so, Absolutely. and he saves the best for last. And so mm-hmm. I love it. Well, um, I hope you've enjoyed listening today. I hope you continue to grow deeper. That's the plan is as we're going through God's word on Sundays that we kind of rehash it, we come back through through and say, God, what is it that you want me to do with that sermon? I don't want to just hear. I want to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. So how can I be more humble? How can I recognize that you truly are the author of my story, that you are are in control and I can trust you and I can come and see? It's something we didn't even hardly talk about, but the picture of him saying, come and see. So I pray that you come and see whatever he has for you. Love y'all. We'll talk to you next time.